If you love more than one genre of music and also love to sing in more than one genre, you may have asked yourself if that is possible. And I had a live stream last Saturday on YouTube that I want to share with you today because I think that is an important topic. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, well, you will hear what my answer to that is. Of course, I believe that you can sing in pretty much any genre if you do it right. So um, here comes my live stream that I recorded but before I share this with you let me remind you one more time that my master class is open for registration it's a four-month intensive course in which you have me as your personal coach and mentor over the period of four months so I'm hoping you to see you on the inside you can get more information at masteryourvoice.tv and just click on master class you can get $100 off if you register by January 15th, if you use the discount code MASTER100, all in caps, one word, and the number 100 upon checkout. All right, here we go with the episode. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful Saturday and that your week was wonderful, that you got to sing a lot and that you are really getting into the new year and that you are really putting into practice those things that I talked about in my last live stream about ways to practice where, when, how, with whom, all those things, and how to really get a grip on planning out your practice so much better so you can make progress. Today I want to talk about how to sing in any musical genre. I get asked this a lot, and I feel that I'm a specialist in that because I have always sung in many different genres, and I've made money with it, so I can say I've sung professionally in many different genres. And I find that it is true that you can learn to not just sing one style of music, but to sing in many different styles that are maybe very contrasting. Um, so I'm going to answer your questions after I get through talking. And so, but first, I want to get through this. I think there's a lot of misconception about how the voice works in singing. And what I notice a lot of times is that a lot of people treat the singing voice so different from the rest of their voice, meaning you use your voice every single day and you do all kinds of things, but then you start singing and you get into those habits that you've had for years probably. You don't really think about, hmm, what is it that I actually naturally know how to do? And I make all these sounds in my voice, but I never even utilize them when I sing. When I sing, I get into this habit of maybe getting too dark or pressing too much. And how can I find the natural tone of my voice? At the same time, really noticing all the many, many colors that you probably use throughout the day. I have a lot of students who always claim, oh, I never make that kind of sound. But I say, I don't believe you because when you're really upset or mad at someone or angry you don't just be like I hate you. you you just don't express it like that you go like I hate you and you, you just do different sounds and different colors and at the same time if you you know if you want to stop someone what if your dog is about to run right on the street and you see a truck coming you wouldn't go like come here no you would go like get over here I mean, you would take a deep breath and have this high belted tone. And at the same time, if you really wanted to scream for your life, I don't know, you wouldn't go like, ah, but you go like, ah, right? Um, 
It's just that you make a lot of noises that you may not even notice. And I encourage you to just pay attention a lot more every single day to what you do with your voice. So having said that, I, I have two books here. So this is this is an arto like this is a soprano aria. Are you even seeing this the right way? I'm not. I, I see it backwards here when I'm holding it onto the screen. Um, so these are soprano arias, and some of you, thank you by the way for all the many comments um, on my how to sing O mio babino caro. I have a few more. I have a couple more how to sing classical coming. The next two pieces are not opera, but they are classical, and uh, I'm gonna publish them in the next couple of weeks. And so there, there's this book also. And this is one of my favorites. You can I don't know if you can see it, but it's used a lot. <laughs> I use this a lot. It is jazz standards. And I love to sing either one. I love oratorio. I love opera. I love lead, like song, uh, German, French, Italian, Latin, English. I love it a lot. I love musical theater. I love pop. I love jazz. I love rock. I love folk. I love gospel. And I just don't think that, yeah, I definitely do have a strength. And I think you have definitely a strength. My strength probably when I, when I sing opera, that is definitely my strength because that's what I was trained in. And that's where I have most of my background in professional singing. Well, that's not even true. That is not true. Um, Time-wise, I don't. But that's where I really was trained in school and in college. That's why I, you know, I just did a lot of classical singing. But when it comes to... Singing pop and modern genres, my strength, I would say, I mean, I know how to belt, but my strength where the really best timbre in my voice is as actually singing a little softer and kind of a sweet resonant sound. That is my strength. However, with my voice, and I just, I'm taking myself as an example, but you can do the exact same. If you actually learn the toolbox, how to make all those different sounds with your voice, with all the parts involved, you can open up a whole myriad of possibilities. So for example, when I sing classically, I want to project and I can learn that. I can train very tight vocal cord closure, very much compression, very tight support and projecting and opening a lot back in my throat to where I can really have this open resonant sound to sound big without being amplified with a microphone. I can learn that. And I would, I wish I could sing, but this mic isn't really going to let me. Uh, but let me just, if you go back to my opera videos, you can, you could definitely hear what that means. If you're a guy, then the same applies. You can learn to have this resonant spin in your tone, the ping, the spin, the, the twang, whatever you want to call it, but we call it spin. It's the, the higher overtones that are in your voice. So it carries over everything else to really make it ideal to shape out of my. I mean, I'm not a tenor. Always have to wait for a second for the stream to calm down because it, it turns the volume down automatically. Um, you can learn that kind of singing. But when you do, you have to remember, this is the way I sing for this genre right here. 
That doesn't mean I do every single thing that I do in this genre for another genre. It's almost like you want to put it in this drawer of, okay, got it. Opening up lots, lots of resonance sound, lots of projecting, lots of ping, lots and lots and lots of ping all the time. A lot of vibrato, consistently vibrato, and lots of compression, no, no breathiness, just dense tone. That is what I want to do for classical. Well, let's move on to jazz. So if I, let me see if I can even find a jazz, like anything here. Moon River, for example, it's like in this book of the jazz standards. I mean, it's off a movie, but still. Different set of rules, same voice, just using it slightly differently, knowing that what you learned in classical singing still applies to the classical and partially what you learned there. Partially it's going to apply to jazz, not all of it. So I don't want the dense sound. I don't want the constantly tons of ping and compression. Don't want that in jazz. Openness, yes, but different tone. So I don't want to go moon river, than a mile. Also don't want constant vibrato on this. Different style, different set of rules. So what I want to do here is really have a more relaxed tone, and give the vocal cords a little bit more chance to loosen up. Not breathy too much, but just a little bit more relaxed, okay? So it's more, and take the key down to where it's in a very comfortable part of your voice. Also, if you're a guy, you don't want to sing, Moon River, wider than a mile. That would be more of a classical approach. But if you want to sing it, like it's more jazz and it's relaxed. Moon river wider than a mile. I'm crossing you in style. I, I went too low in key, but you know what I'm saying? Different rules. Moon river wider than a mile. I'm crossing you in style. Someday, a little bit of more straight tones, relaxed, still breath, still posture, still support. Different level though. So when I'm singing pop or musical theater, still different rules. So when I sing pop, and of course in pop, popular music, pop is short for popular. There's a lot of different different styles that you could do pop, you know, even um, if I did an ABBA song, you know, it's like, the winner takes it all, the loser has to fall. It's, it's a chest tone, a chest voice tone, resonant, quite a bit of compression and vibrato, yes, but you know, it's not quite classical, of course. Um, but listen, listen, where is the sliding and slurring going on? Where are the straight tones? Where is the vibrato? How is the phrasing? Is it very connected or is it more staccato? Those are all just very important details that make it sound right in that genre. 
and your voice color. So if I sang the ABBA song like I just did the Moon River, it still wouldn't be right. It would be, the winner takes it all, the loser has to fall. I could sing it like that. I could make a version like that. If I wanted to sing it like the original, it's not done that way. So again, listen to how some of these aspects of your vocal technique do apply to a lot of different genres, but it's almost like you're, it's like making a batter, like a dough for a cake. It basically, it usually has like the same basic ingredients, but there's all kinds of different ones, right? So even with a dough, you can have a yeast dough, you can have more of a, like a butter-based dough. I don't know what they're all called in English. There's different kinds. There's a, a puff pastry kind of dough that's really just flour and butter and water a lot, or just really, yeah, flour, water, and butter. Many, many different kinds. And even as a dancer, you know, there's dancers who dance classical ballet, but that same body can also dance hip-hop. And it doesn't mean you can't, but you can't dance hip-hop the same way you dance classical ballet. And it's the same in singing. You just always have to remember, if you have a teacher or whenever you get a teacher, always remember, it's like, okay, is that teacher trained in one specific genre mainly? And is that what he or she is teaching? Or is she really explaining or he's explaining to me how it is for this specific song and this genre? But then if we're doing something else, I can also teach you something different. And that's where I, that's where, that's where I think a lot of problems arise is because you learn to sing in one specific style and then you sing a different song and it's in a different genre. And then all of a sudden, it just doesn't quite sound right. Or the next teacher tells you, well, that's just not right. And then you're confused. But instead of being confused, you should really think, well, it was right for what that other song was. But those rules are just not exactly the same for this other song here that I'm trying to do. So maybe this is going to really help you to just get rid of some of the confusion about what you need to do with your voice. Every song is so unique, even every, you know, even within one genre, there's like huge differences in how a song needs to be sung and how intense the sound is, where the vibrato comes in, how the enunciation even is happening. I just got through recording a German song in my studio here that I just wrote this week. It's um, probably going to be on my new album, but I um, still haven't decided exactly which songs. I had decided and now I'm coming up with new ones and I'm like, I like this better. Um, but I was recording it and I noticed that, you know, in the first demo where I recorded, the enunciation I did didn't really fit to the genre I wanted to do. So it was too over enunciated. It was too the classical school. So I redid it and changed it a little bit to where it sounds a little bit more like I'm talking to a friend. Like, you know, just you don't exactly sing in classical. When you sing classically or even musical theater, usually you sing like very, very proper enunciation and all that and diction. And you don't want to always do that in every genre. You don't want to have all that proper. You don't want to, you want to like, I can't think of it in English right now, but there's a lot of, um, hey, Mike, Carl, I'm really great that you, it's great that you're here. I didn't see it, but I'm just, I just wanted to get through this topic because I think it is so important. And by the way, um, Michal is here. If you go to one of my last videos or just, 
type in, it's kind of hard to, Michal Tauber, she's here, um, vocal coaching. We made a video, I made a video for her channel that is actually talking about how to sing, you know, what's the difference between classical or, or like opera and pop singing. And I think you can sing more than one genre. And as a matter of fact, I am a big believer in that singing different genres is great for your voice. It is just great for your voice because see when you never have done anything classical, you haven't really got the hang of like total accuracy. Not a lot of space for just kind of swinging it. Total accuracy and let's see, accuracy and really the compression and the really deep breath, really expanding your ribs and singing those long phrases with lots and lots of compression. And if you haven't done classical, you haven't really gotten a sense for that. So it's good to come to something classical and just to do that, to have that accuracy going on and the enunciation and shaping everything really perfectly. And then vice versa, I think there's a lot of classical singers who would totally benefit if they actually tried, especially women, if they tried to sing something in chest voice a little bit higher and got the feeling for how does it feel to relax a little, I think it really adds to your possibilities of vocal colors. And I just, I don't know, for me, it's always boring when a given singer just kind of like, it's always the same. It's always the same. I love lots of different voice colors. Okay, so now let me get into your questions just a little bit. Um, so Michal, it's great that you're here or I'm gonna say Mickey because that's a lot easier. Um, I can't scroll back that far, let's see now. Um, how do you advise a student to prevent the tendency to push on those high notes and the winner takes it all? Okay, since I did that job, um, since I did that song and, and um, the question is legit. So, um, okay. The thing is, ABBA is like always so hard. The winner takes it all. The loser has to fall. I feel the, the most important elements I feel in not pressing too much on the top is really getting the hang of decoupling the jaw. I think a lot of times the cause for too much tension and pressing is like this tendency of like, I got to open wide when I sing high and then everything gets very tight and tense. But I would really, when my students practice that, it really makes, it helps all the time. Just really, the winner takes it all. The winner takes it all. Ah. Try to really get them to relax the jaw. And um, if it's in a key that they can still do. You know, like maybe sometimes when I mean, that song is hard because it has a large range, it also goes low and it goes high, hard. Um, but that's what I want to do, the decoupling of the jaw and then trying to open in there while relaxing here and there. And yes, Woohoo new album, I'm totally coming up with it. Um, I get, The problem is I actually have too many songs and I have to kind of, tune them down, just sift them out and maybe for the next one. Um, but I'm coming up with new ones right now that I even like better because some of those songs are really old but I really finally wanna make an official album because the demos, the demos I have are so old 
and they're done like the production of them were like it was just not very good um and i have a friend who has a really awesome microphone and so we're going to be in a good studio because my studio here is not ideal i don't you know i don't have a dead space where the sound is dead so there's always sound too much big room and so that's what we're going to do oh yes oh janet you've seen the collaboration video yeah we're going to do more it's just i've been so busy lately and i'm trying to get my book out i'm still in the process of editing my audiobook and i really want them to come out both so um yeah let's see if i can even scroll back further um karina hi i have heard that one has an advantage in singing if we learn bel canto because the voice can raise above the orchestra yeah the school of bel canto it's kind of a nobody really can describe what bel canto means it's it's a it's an originally it's an era in this in the 19th century that you know describes the school of singing in which you wanted to really have that floaty pingy very resonant sound and you know, like to find ease in singing at the same time um, and it's like it's the imagined perfect ideal of singing technique and yes it is good to sing you know, the 19th century, and that's anything from, you know, like Verdi is actually kind of in there, and all the Ini, the Etis and the Ini, like Rossini and Donizetti and all those, those are all in the bel canto period. And what is really characteristic for bel canto is that you always want to enjoy those high notes. There's lots of movement going on a lot of embellishment, not like in Baroque. Baroque is like crazy embellishment. It just moves and moves and all the melismas. In Belcanto, there's not so much melismas, but there's lots of embellishments and room for cadenzas and improvisations. But at the same time, very clear lines, long lines, very legato lines often. And um, so, you know, always kind of floating on the top note and making it a little broader. I think it's really great. I think Mozart is the most important. I think if you want to learn anything about music, like Bach and Mozart is like the birth place of our music as we know it today. So, but we could get into that. I, I just really feel Mozart is the best for any singer who wants to start singing classically because it's all about being accurate. I think later on in the bel canto period, all those operas by Verdi, Donizetti, Rossini, all the Bellini, it's more complex. So Mozart is always a great place to start for any beginner classical singer. So I think I answered your question. Where to start to sing? Well, that's a good question. I think the most important thing to start with is actually pitch accuracy and to actually sing to train your ear to sing the right tones and to have the control to sing the right tones most important thing if you you know that's the first prerequisite if there's nothing else that needs to be in place pitch accuracy the most important thing you'll hear me say that over and over and over again there it doesn't even matter what else you do if the pitch isn't accurate all bad. Everything else doesn't help you anymore. 
Michal um, asks, can you give us a little taste of one of your originals? No pressure, but would love to hear something you're excited about. Um, yeah, hold on. Whoops, something just fell down. Sorry. Um, I only have this very pseudo recording here. And it's not going to sound great, but um, I can show you quickly. But this is the this is the latest song. This is the one I recorded today, but it's a German one. Um, so I could just like the beginning. This is just on my cell phone here. Hast du schon mal drüber nachgedacht, was passieren würde heute Nacht? So that's just the beginning. Wenn wir einfach mal zusammen wären, um die Stunden zu genießen, und wenn uns danach ist, uns in die Arme schließen und der Angst in uns keinen Raum mehr geben. So that's just the beginning. And so, not showing you the course, but I always start my songs. I think that is the, I like it the best for me because I'm a pianist. Oh, thank you. I'm the pianist, you know, so I'm playing the piano and it's just the voice and the piano, very raw. The songs are going to be very raw. Voice and piano. And then I usually come in with either some strings or, you know, some synth sound that kind of fills in the space a little bit and um backing vocals and that's all that song is going to be probably i don't know there may be a bass line and there may be some um drums i'm not sure yet but i actually like the raw and that's just me i, I like to just like the small singer songwriter kind of thing because i want to perform it just on stage just the piano and me um that's just what i enjoy and you've heard me if you've been my if you're in my master class i always recommend learn an instrument and try to do the one woman or one man show because it's so much easier in your life because you know anytime you depend on someone else it's always harder when you're more than one person because you have you know schedules got to get rehearsals down and then you of course you got to share the money um i always just like to do it myself it's more fun of course when you're together and just kind of like being together when you're at a gig or driving there but it's just more practical just to do the one woman or one man show jillian Hi Freya, what do you think of electric vocals? Hmm. Oh, eclectic. I'm sorry, I didn't read this right. Eclectic vocals. I find that this has long been what I do easiest, but it could be typified as a stylistic cop-out. How would you characterize it? Oh, you know what? I'm not exactly sure what you mean by eclectic vocals. Eclectic vocals to me means you can do many different things. Is that, I'm thinking that's the word eclectic, right? Hold on, let me look it up. Um, I know the word, heard it many times, but let's see, eclectic, <laughs> same word in German. Um, yeah, but it, it basically means you can do a lot of Mixing, shifting, and varying between styles with ease. I do it. <laughs> I always do this because usually within one performance, like if I do like a concert, like not just background music, but if I do a concert, I almost always do more than one genre. I usually do something classical later on, 
and I start with something kind of easy and maybe jazzy, and then I move on to pop, maybe like a power ballad and musical theater. And then, like I will do, for example, I would have I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady, and at the end have that high pitch going up, uh, all the way up. And then everyone's always like totally not expecting that. And um, if you can, and I have a few singers in my master class actually who can do that also. And by the way, my master class is open for registration. Um, totally forgot to mention that. Um, few spaces available only. It's a four-month program where you get me as your personal vocal coach every day. So um, if you still want to get in and then you better get in there now. You can go to masteryourvoice.tv and there's a link masterclass if you want to find out more information. I wish I could show people what it's like in a masterclass. It's really hard to explain. Um, everyone who's in it is loving it and a lot of people who are in it right now, they're going to stay on longer, although the four months are over that they were in for, but they, they still want to get more out of the class because they enjoy it so much. So um, I love that group so much. This has been the best group ever, really, this time around. Um, someone told me they don't like my vocal tune. What does it mean? Um, tone or tune? So the tune is the actual pitch, maybe your accuracy, but maybe the tone, maybe they don't like your tone. That means the sound of your voice, your timbre, the color, the actual sound, how you sound different from someone else. Yeah, but you know, that is very much a matter of taste. There are singers that are very famous and very successful that I don't even care for. I, I don't like their tone of voice. Okay, tone. And um, there are others I adore, but then there are some of my friends who think, oh, I just don't really like their voice. So it's very much do, um, it's very much a matter of taste. Um, Dennis asks, do I pay? How much? <laughs> yes, the masterclass is a paid program. Because I do a lot of one-on-one, -on -one. we meet once a week in a group, and then every day in my Facebook group, in my small secret Facebook group, not my big one, um, it's just the mastermind, masterclass members, I give you video feedback. So that's really cool. You can post a video of you singing and recording yourself, even just practicing a little bit of something. And then what I will do, I will give you a video feedback of me, like showing you what you can do differently and demonstrating. And at the same time, you will see your video and me. So there's a little window that shows me and there's the other window that shows you. And uh, so you can save the down, you can download that feedback and you also get to see everyone else's feedback that I give to them. Um, and everyone always tells me the, the best learning effect is actually that group dynamic that you don't just have one person and I coach you, but you get to see everyone and you learn so much just by seeing everyone else and seeing my feedback for everyone else. And the class is if you pay, you can either pay in one payment or monthly. So if you pay for the whole four months, it is one payment of 1200 US dollars. And if you pay monthly, it's going to be 350 US dollars per month for the four months. Um, so, um, yeah, that's that. And I spend a lot of time in, my, in that master um, class there. Because, I mean, that you get my full attention. And this is like, it's, it's like my family, really. It's like my singing family. I'm in there every day. And you, like any question, like I answer everything every day, uh, except weekends sometimes. But I usually am even in the weekends, I'm on there. 
Um, so, um, Emilia asks, how can you add more personality to your voice? I feel my voice is too straight. Hmm. Okay, maybe, maybe don't be afraid to let voice colors in. And a lot of times I think we, we think we have to sound clean and clear. So just a pure tone like moon river wider than a mile. I'm crossing you in style someday. Why am I always starting too low on this song? Um, instead of doing that, allow different voice colors like a whisper or a little bit of vocal fry just for a moment, like moon river wider than a mile. I'm crossing you in style someday. I mean, allow it. Allow all of parts to move, even your larynx, just a little bit. I'm not for pushing the larynx down, but it's like crossing you in style someday. You can make your voice darker and you can make it a little bit more brighter and narrow. And you can make it breathy and you can have more ping. And you can make it like this. I mean, all those different colors that you have in your voice, you can't totally... Don't be afraid. I have a lot of students who have sung in choirs, and in choirs, of course, there's absolutely no point in trying to do a lot with your voice color because you're not going to hear it. It's really about trying to be very neutral and trying to be just very evened out in a choir. When you're a soloist singer, a soloist singer, the objective is a whole different one. You got to sing completely differently because you want to stand out. You want to put your personality in. I want to hear your breath. I want to hear all those nuances, you sighing and gasping or something. I, I want to hear that as a soloist. Ben is asking, hi Freya, hi Ben. I am wondering that a lot of times when I start belting, it sounded very tensed. Do you have any tips on how to be more relaxed when belting? You know what? I have so many videos on belting. I couldn't even explain all this right now, right here. You should go to all those. Just type in Freya Casey belting. And if you have not taken it, you can go to my website. There's a free five-day belting challenge that you can take that will explain a lot of that. Um, you just go to masteryourvoice.tv and there's a link on the top that says free stuff. I think it's even on the first page also. And you, yeah, you, I think when you get on the first landing page, you will see it, the five-day belting challenge. It's free. You can sign up for it and you'll learn a lot about that. Plus all the videos on YouTube that I have on belting because I addressed all of that because most people just yell it out loud and it's just not really healthy and it's, you know, it's just you're going to kill your voice eventually if you just get louder and louder all the time. So, okay, let's see. It's been a while and I think I need to go off because I do want to actually go live on my Facebook page also. And in order to do that, I got to jump off here now. It's kind of late. It's 6.30 and it's been dark for hours, but the days are getting longer. It's great. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for hanging out. And again, a, rem a reminder, my master class is open for registration right now, but it won't stay open. It's only going to stay open for a few short weeks. When I get it filled up, I'm going to close it and it's going to run for four months and it's not going to open back up till like this summer. And I'm not doing that many sessions anymore because I totally enjoy getting to know someone really deeply 
and working with the same group for just like really a while and really getting results. And believe me, there have been some really wonderful results. No, I don't promise you quick results. It's not like in a couple of weeks, your voice is going to be totally fixed. Not the case. But if you put in just a little bit of work every day and take me as a guide and just kind of as your, you know, any day you can just ask me anything and you can just ask for advice. If you take advantage of that and, you know, post something a few times a week and then just follow along what everyone else posts and learn from my feedback to everyone. And then, you know, if you do that for four months, you'll like hugest difference in your voice. You're totally going to understand your voice so much. You're so going to know what's going on in your voice. You got to know all the lingo, you know, what's all, what's moving the pharynx and lifting and placement and resonance and vibrato straight tone. Like what are all these things that we talk about and what does it mean? Um, thank you so much, Michal. I want to be in a, an inspiration. That is very, that's sweet of you to say. Thank you so much. And I, I just love music so much. And I'm very passionate about singing shouldn't be this difficult struggle. It, you know, you just have to get to know your voice and do with your voice what you can do and then expand on that and build on it. You know, it's like you don't run a marathon tomorrow, but you slowly train for it and do a little bit every day. Just do a little bit. Sharpen that edge and sharpen that, you know, that, that knife and then going to get more and more accurate as you go along. And so I'm looking forward to seeing some of you in my masterclass, masteryourvoice.tv. Um, hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm going to get off here now and then go live on my Facebook page and talk about something different. I don't even know what yet, but I'll just, so if you, if you want to also catch that live stream, um, it's just my Facebook page, Freya Casey, singer and vocal coach. And uh, maybe I'll see you there. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for hanging out today. I enjoy these lives. And um, I will see you now, later. And always keep on singing. Bye.